thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is That Paleo Show with your hosts, Stephanie Wozalik, Dr. Yana James, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Stephanie Wozlick. I'm Dr. Yana James. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. And this week we're talking about leaky gut, which I find to be a really interesting topic because a lot of people, myself included, when you go paleo, sometimes there are a little bit, there are a few lingering symptoms. Um, you know, maybe maybe just not digesting things properly or maybe a little fatigued still. And it's it's always been curious to me you know, I've always wanted to resolve those things. And it seems like some people who go paleo already have maybe leaky gut to, to start off. And that's maybe why um, their paleo symptoms don't resolve. So today we're going to talk about leaky gut itself and some of the causes and symptoms and some solutions to take away. Yeah. So I guess probably first up, we should sort of identify what leaky gut is and what it means. And Basically, it applies to a whole range of symptoms that people experience when they're just not getting nutrients out of their food or when they're getting nutrients that should be remaining in their gut into their bloodstream and causing an inflammatory response. So probably my best way of explaining this is, you know, when we're talking about the gut, we're not just talking about your stomach, right? We're talking about everything from your mouth to the out hole. Um, so anything that's covered in that mucous membrane and lining um, can be affected by the foods that we eat. And a, a really good analogy is to think of, you know, a brick wall in your house that's got the bricks in between, or the bricks and then the mortar in between, holding everything together and stopping the wind and the rain and the leaves and the dust and everything from getting into your house. Um, but if you were to take away the mortar, then you can find that those things make their way into your house and make the place a mess. Uh, unless, of course, you have a cat like I do that has a massively fluffy tail and he brings all that stuff in with him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so what we're talking about here is that foods that destroy that mortar in between the cells and allow things to permeate through your gut lining into your bloodstream and cause an inflammatory response, right? Yeah, and it's not just foods, of course, it's, it's lifestyle oh, yeah. stuff as well, so it's not just the food, obviously stress is a really big contributor to this as well, So, um, and I think one of the things you quickly discover about leaky gut is that when you start looking through the list of causes for leaky gut, then you all of a sudden realise that pretty much everyone in our society is, is possibly being susceptible to this because, you know, you go through the list and, and perhaps we start having a look at those now, but, you know, you're talking about diet, obviously, you know, when we're talking about sugars, processed foods, um, obviously, you know, wheat, you know, all those sort of inflammatory products uh, are going to have a massive impact on this. Um, stress is such a big one and we know that, for almost all of us in our modern lifestyles, we have some form of stress because, you know, the pace of our world has just changed so much that we're seeing so much chronic stress going on. Um, low stomach acid, um, medications, obviously, a really big one. Chlorination is a big one. I mean, we're talking about, you know, for most people, the water they're drinking actually has chlorine in it, which is designed to kill bugs. And, of course, that's going to kill bugs inside your stomach as well. And so that's going to throw out the balance. So, um, you know, yeast, low zinc, like there's a huge list of them. And you quickly realize that for most people, they're going to have some sort of an issue Exposure. with 
with yeah. leaky gut or with their gut health anyway. Yeah, definitely. And I, you know, it's I've loved doing this podcast because what I think I know about things when we when we actually have to set up and prepare for our podcast, we do a whole lot of extra reading so that we can just make sure that we've got all bases covered. And every time we do one, I'm like, oh wow, that is something new, and I'm really excited to implement this into my life. And for me, looking at leaky gut. I didn't realize that the oral contraceptive pill actually causes damage to the gut flora and acts as an antibiotics in your um, gut system, as well as antibiotics themselves. And for me, I've had over 10 years of each of those in my life and didn't it, it never really hit until today that that's probably a huge thing that I need to work on replenishing, uh, even though I, I do eat organic and I'm now having kombucha, hooray. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably I really need to step up my level of probiotics to really help replenish my gut with those good bacteria, which help reduce the inflammation and that leaky gut as well. Um, when you were talking about things that, that, in terms of food, you know, we've done an entire episode on wheat and on, on, on grains in general. They're, they're some of the biggest ones, I think, in society that we see people being exposed to that leads to the permeability of the gut lining. Um, there's a whole heap of other stuff, and I'm sure if you were to do a search, you could find things and, and work out what might be your most common exposures. But um, what sort of symptoms do we get when we have leaky gut, guys? Anyone want to jump in and Yeah, well, that? kind of, I guess kind of what happens and the way I think about it is so when you have leaky gut you get this permeability right and what happens is then that food particles and things that are supposed to be kept within your gut end up leaching out into your blood right and leaching out prematurely so before they've been properly digested and before your body before they're broken down into their smallest parts so they leach into your blood and what happens is your body doesn't really think that they're supposed to be there because they're of Mm. course not supposed to be there and it mounts an immune response against those particles that are now in your blood when they're not supposed to be so one of the symptoms of leaky gut is just having many food allergies or sensitivities because all of a sudden these things are leaching into your blood you're mounting this immune response against all these things which aren't bad for you for example like just um trying to think of some examples of just like almonds for example like shouldn't be bad for you necessarily um but when they bleach into your blood undigested properly then your body mounts that immune response and tries to get rid of it any way that it can yeah because at the end of the day you can really think of your whole intestinal lining actually as your external environment like Mm. we tend to think of that as actually being our internal environment and part of our body but actually it's lined the whole way through with effectively like an altered version of skin right that, that's actually designed to be your external environment that's actually not the inside of your body so so if you think about everything that's in that gut it is actually then by being able to go through that layer is actually then going from outside your body to inside your body and so it is letting things inside your body that should be outside your body does that make that's sense done, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and it's not the food's fault that it's having this reaction right like you're eating food that you think is healthy and your body's you know probably probably should be glad that you're eating that but it's because your gut is leaking essentially Mm. these healthy foods are leaking into into your body where they really shouldn't be yeah. Yeah, or in, at least in forms that they shouldn't be exactly. in as well, in like forms having been processed be in. as your gut normally would. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of them, a lot of the things that get into our bloodstream and cause an immune response, 
actually mimic similar receptors on normal human cells in your body. So your body starts to attack its own cells. So we're talking autoimmune diseases here. Mm -hmm. And definitely one of the biggest ones that we're seeing on the rise, and I think Nora Gagaudis talked about it, is uh, Hashimoto's, which is um, Mm -hmm. a thyroid condition where your body actually starts destroying your thyroid cells because it thinks that it's an, a foreign body. Um, another one that I've seen that's really interesting is uh, that they're starting to think that type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune response. And so you have, a, whether it's leaky gut or a, a, an infection that leads to your body thinking that the pancreas cells are actually foreign and starts to destroy those, especially I think it's the islets of Langerhans that produce yeah, the insulin. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it... it can then lend itself to a disease or a disorder um, that gets uh, uh, diagnosed as something and then, you know, you're given medication to treat that when actually what you should be doing is looking at why your body's having that autoimmune response. And there's there's quite a few arthritides as well that fit into that category. Yeah, and I think this is one of the tricky things people find with leaky gut. Like, I think most people have probably heard about leaky gut at some stage. You know, if you've been sort of, you know, a bit proactive about health and wellness, you've seen it on various different blogs and articles and stuff. But I think probably the thing that stops people from really, you know, delving into it and getting into it and finding out more about it is that it's kind of vague. Like, you start looking at, okay, well, what causes leaky gut? And actually, there's not one answer. There's like a hundred different answers of what could be potentially causing this leaky gut. And in the same way, there's not one answer of, well, what symptoms do I get if I've got leaky gut, right? It's like, well, it can affect different people in such vastly different ways that, that it is a really tricky one to sort of lock down and say, okay, this is definitely leaky gut because of X, Y, Z. There's, there's no real definitive answer there. And so I think, you know, probably as with just about everything we talk about, at the end of the day, what it comes down to is looking at your lifestyle and living a healthy lifestyle regardless of whether it's leaky gut or not because, you know, the things that are going to help you have a healthy gut are going to be the things that are going to help you have a healthy life anyway, regardless of whether you've got leaky gut, regardless of whether you're getting these symptoms. You know, you don't really need the diagnosis to start saying, hey, maybe I should eat less processed food or maybe, you know, excessive alcohol or antibiotics or whatever are, are going to be disruptive to my gut. Yeah, yeah. beautifully put. But if you do have leaky gut, then it's something that really does need to be um, dealt with because if you are leaching out these nutrients in their not correct form, then you're going to end up with nutrient deficiencies as well. You're not going to be digesting food. If you're taking supplements, it's not going to be digested in the proper and absorbed in the proper way. Yeah. I mean, we just went to a seminar recently, the Mind Forum in Sydney, where the the whole premise of the forum really was talking a lot about the gut-brain connection and Mm. how, you know, if your gut's not functioning right, if, if you're not getting the right information and nutrients from your gut, then your brain's not going to function right. And obviously, as chiropractors, you talk about that a lot because your brain controls everything in your body. And so, you know, because of that connection, it can just have a huge array of effects right throughout your body. Yeah, and look, the gut is so crucial for so many reasons. And look, I've read different numbers all over the place on how many neurons and nerve endings there are in the gut, but it's definitely showing more and more that our brain and our gut have very similar numbers of neurons, which is kind of fascinating. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, when you there's so many things that we look back to in history and go wow they actually were right with that and they had no reason to know that they they were on the right track but you know that that gut instinct Mm. so much of that is because there's neurons there so it actually reacts and responds to the environment and to what you're thinking there's such a high pathway a a super highway between your brain and your gut and I know I remember my um, nana talking about we you know I've spoken before about my nan doing anti-candida and having amazing results with that um she used to say when she had something that would either fuel 
the candida or that what had yeast in it that well I suppose both of them fuel candida she said she felt like she could feel the fibrils like growing through her brain and making herself all cloudy and foggy thinking um but now we understand candida more it's it's a fungus um fungus is in the mushroom family and um they actually grow tiny little filaments and then sprout up on the other side so the biggest mushroom is huge like it's you can see little outcrops but kilometers away they've actually done genetic testing and found that the same mushroom is actually growing kilometers away because it grows these little tiny fibrils all the way across under the soil same thing happens in your body and those fibrils of the candida can actually grow through the cells in your gut lining and pull the gut lining apart so that's another way that you can have and it might not be the food it might be that you've just got an overgrowth of this candida um, in your digestive system because your your lifestyle your health choices your food choices have allowed that bug that's naturally occurring that should be in there to grow to mammoth proportions and and pretty much outrain every other bacteria that's in your gut that that should be keeping it in its place and keeping its numbers down yeah so keeping on top of all of these things is really important and i'm not exactly sure how you get diagnosed with any of this stuff probably don't (laughs) yeah because our our form of diagnosis is well for want of a better word it's kind of flawed because we wait for these symptoms to crop up before we name something um instead of looking at the cause of it like like brett was saying you know it's about lifestyle and changing that because things that make you healthy and have a you know your lifestyle choices that are healthy are going to result in a healthy body yeah and i believe there are some tests you can do though in terms of looking at the inflammatory markers and the immune markers in your body so if you're obviously mounting an immune response to stuff that shouldn't actually be in your body then that's always a fair indication that something's getting through that shouldn't be yeah well that's the test that i did right i did um the food sensitivity test which just um tested my immune response to these foods. So mine, for example, came up with um, eggs, whole eggs, yeast, almonds, corn, dairy, wheat. Uh, I'm trying to think of any others, but all of these things were, you know, again, they're a lot of them are okay foods, but just when they get through, that's when you have all these problems. And then your body tries to rid itself of these toxins in many different ways. And one of them is through the skin. So you can develop um, rashes are one of the symptoms and acne is one of the symptoms because your your body is just trying to expel it through through the skin. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got we've got several systems for filtering and dealing with toxins. The first one, primary one is probably liver. Um, that's a, a vast majority of what it does. Then we've got the kidneys that try and excrete stuff. So same too with our bowels and, you know, our, our excrement is excreting toxins that our body doesn't need and, and, and particles of food that are not useful. But our very biggest organ in our body is also a filtration system. That's your skin. And I know, um, you know, in, in my studies, we often got... Uh, explained that um, if you have psoriasis that's often that the liver and the kidneys are just not coping with the the toxins in your system or they're not performing at their best and filtering out all those things so your body then goes to the next best mechanism to get rid of it which is your skin and excretes stuff out of your pores and then that causes irritation and changes in in the skin condition so it's really a fascinating topic Uh, i love it but i suppose that comes to the same thing that you know that our our skin and our digestive system are the interface between the outside world and and the inside world of our body yeah absolutely and so i guess we can start moving on perhaps and talk about what we can do about it we're talking a lot about sort of what causes leaky gut and the fact that probably a lot of people are actually suffering from this and and perhaps clinically and they know about it but there's probably a lot of people who have symptoms or maybe even no obvious symptoms of leaky gut but this is actually affecting their body and stopping them from just performing at their best and so you know one of the things we've obviously mentioned already is diet change but 
you know, obviously taking away those foods and those, you know, those chemicals that are going to really irritate your gut lining is going to be a super important part of this if you want to give it a chance to heal. And as we mentioned earlier, you know, it's not necessarily that you're going to take these foods out and instantly your gut's going to heal. You know, your, your gut is an environment, an ecosystem, much like any other natural ecosystem where, you know, if I was to go to a forest and I'd clear fell and burnt it, well, I wouldn't expect to just take away the wood chopper and order to be back tomorrow. <laughs> I know that it's going to take time. It's got to regenerate. It's got to grow. It's got to find its healthy balance again. And the same thing's going to happen in your body, in your gut. So, so just remember that you're not necessarily going to drop these foods out and have an instant reaction overnight, although some people do. And I remember reading uh, Rob Wolf talking, telling his story, and he was like he had one meal, and all of a sudden his gut health changed, which was fascinating. Um, but for other people, it might take weeks, months, you know, much longer. Yeah, and if you have a wide range of things causing the inflammation and um, getting through the gut, for example, just taking out one of those foods or just making one change probably won't be enough really so if you have like for me for example if i had all of those things that i'm sensitive to right now just taking out one of those probably isn't enough and not to mention that you have to deal with stress and stuff on top of that so it really does have to be a long-term decision and a long-term healing process of kind of everything all at once and all at the same time yeah i think the point to to make with that in addition is that yes it does you're going to have to give your body time to heal but that doesn't mean that indefinitely you're going to have to remove all of those items from your system forever like there's certainly some that we would all agree you should remove from your system altogether forever um, but there's a lot that aren't going to once the gut's healed they're not going to penetrate and, and exactly. make an issue so I think a lot of people that have sensitivities to food they're just on that leaky gut scale of things and and it can be really daunting to get this massive list back of things that you have to get rid of and in your mind probably get rid of forever um but i think probably the best way to go about it is to make that commitment that you're going to do it for a set amount of time whether it's three months or six months six months um in my um understanding i would think somewhere between three and six months would be about the appropriate time to give yourself and give your body that time to heal and of course being a chiropractor i'd also suggest just getting your spine checked out and making sure the nervous system that controls those things is is working at its best um but give yourself some time to heal and then consider reintroducing the things that that we've talked about that are that are not harmful so you know the eggs and uh, the nuts and that sort of thing uh, in small quantities and make sure you only do one at a time so that you're not doing five and then if you have a reaction you don't know which one has caused it but i'm sure you're all smart bunnies and you would have worked that out anyway yeah, and that's just what I was saying before. With it's not the food's fault; it's the gut's fault, right? So it's, it's the it's the some gut. Foods. I'd say it's wheat's yeah, fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what I what I mean is that you're not necessarily yeah. intolerant permanently to these foods. Right. It's it is the fact is that you're intolerant to them because the gut is leaking them out. Yeah. And some foods like wheat and sugar could be causing the leakage. But anyways, that's kind yeah. of what I meant. It is by quite, that. I think that's what it is. There's there's some foods that you should just cut out because they're going to be bad for you. They're going to set up this leaky gut. They're going to cause a whole raft of other problems and so you're probably better off just to cut those out altogether there's other foods that are you know have a lot of benefit for you and could be really good foods for you to eat but you might just need to cut them out in the short term for that to heal and and everyone's different and that's that's always the tricky thing with this you know we always want to have like one test that we can do or one thing that we can do to find out well what do i need to cut 
out and you know but everyone's different everyone's body's going to change over time as they heal as well so so figuring out what's right for you right now given the state you're in can be really tricky and and I just don't think we've got the testing or the the knowledge to do that yet and and that's why I think that elimination diet style way of doing it is is really the only way to accurately figure out what actually works for you in this point in time because at the end of the day that's actually what matters like we can do a study and say what's best on average for the whole population but that doesn't really matter like what we need to know is what's best for you right now in the point in time that you're in yeah and i just want to reiterate what yana said earlier as well just about medications being part of this so Mm. you know it's all well and good to say that you're going to take out these foods but you have to consider the medications that you're taking as well and i am not saying just go get off your medications i'm just saying it could be a part of it Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely i think um it if you need to do this elimination diet be kind to yourself because it, 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 I don't know, I think about it and I go, wow, you know, to cut out all of those things for three to six months, that's a massive commitment. And in our social world, that is huge mm. to be able to say for three to six months, pretty much, I'm not going to eat outside of the house. That's, that's yeah. massive. So I think it's something that you should take time to prepare strategies around and sit down and work out why you're doing it. And, and you know, it's, it's such a big thing that Brett always comes back to. What's your why? What's the reason you're doing it? Um, We were at a seminar on the weekend, and one of my favorite quotes from the weekend was, if you knew you were going to live to 94, when's a good time to start getting healthy? And I think that's just, it just, it sort of sums this up for me that, you know, you can do things that are going to give yourself the best chance at having the most optimal function and being absolutely awesome throughout your life, and also recognize that you've got time to do it maybe not a whole Mm. lot of time but don't beat yourself up that you're not doing it right now just look for the bigger picture and and come up with some strategies that are going to mean that you're going to be successful at doing it in the future and if you want to start now awesome go for it yeah um it's about taking that longer term view isn't it and realizing that okay if this is what i want for the rest of my life then maybe putting in a little bit of extra hard work now might be worth it to mean that i you know it's easier for me later on if you can figure out what works for you and what doesn't it's going to make your whole food choices and life so much easier from then on in absolutely yeah and i i mean i think it's important to do this i know we talk a lot about just making changes for the better and they'll help your life but if this is something that you're doing for a possible like autoimmune condition or um, a leaky gut or all of these things it can be really serious and I, I think it is important to do it in conjunction with someone who knows specifically what they're talking about in relation to you so with your naturopath or your holistic doctor and that can also really help you be motivated to make those changes as well it can, mm. it's one thing to say oh I think I have this so I'm just going to try to do this or that and I think you tend to not take it quite as seriously or maybe as far as it should or maybe you take it too far and just having someone out there who says yes this is what you need to do and these would be the consequences if you don't do it and this is how you can be better if you do do it having someone to partner with on that journey I think is really important yeah and I think one of the benefits of that is you can get some more objective analysis of what changes you're making and how it's progressing because 
Otherwise, you're really just basing it on your symptoms and how you feel. Um, and that's only one small part of your overall health and, and how your body's healing and how your body's repairing. You know, your body might be going through a bit of a clean out and you might feel terrible, but it might be actually a really important part of the process. So, you know, if you were just judging it on your symptoms, you'd be like, great, I'm out of here. This doesn't work for me. But, you know, so having some other more objective measures to see, okay, what is going on inside my body? Is this a healthy thing or is this an unhealthy, you know, that'll give you a better idea of whether it's working or not, I think. Yeah, excellent point, Brett. Um, so I spoke a little bit before about gut flora, but gut flora are really important um, for digestive processes, for manufacturing and, and getting nutrients out of food and for manufacturing vitamins. So there's, there's quite a few ways that you can increase or boost your gut flora. Kombucha, kombucha. Kombucha, 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 <laughs> which you should have heard the episode by now because we have recorded it. It should be coming out soon. A couple of you actually heard it early because there was a bit of a mix-up, so you're yeah. lucky. Count your blessings. I know Brett stopped <laughs> drinking, but I feel like he has an addiction. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Um, so... Your kombucha is an excellent one. Some fermented foods, so uh, what's the sauerkraut? Word? Sauerkraut, thank you. You had a total mental blank. And pickled, pickled foods. And... I made, tried to make some the other week, by the way. Complete failure. Um, so anyway, I'm going to keep trying on that one. Um, probiotics. So there's a lot of different types of probiotics out there. I know Damien Christoph of the Wellness Guys says that he reckons the best way of doing it is to get a different brand each time. Just, mm. you know, once you've run out of those, go and get a different brand and you'll get different gut flora and just keep building up the population particularly different different strains of probiotics yeah Yeah. most different brands have different strains Mm. as well but yeah definitely start as you will know read the labels of everything Mm -hmm. you put in your mouth so probiotics are no exception um i do the organic produce thing so we buy organic from the shops and tend to not wash or rinse our foods uh, our veggies so that you know in my thinking it's that any bugs that are living on the outside of those veggies are probably there because they can digest those veggies so it makes sense to me to populate my gut with those ones since i'm going to be eating that same food um, yeah, and and obviously the key to having filling your gut with good bacteria as well is not killing them off. Yes, right? yeah. Because if you're filling it up with the good stuff, you don't want to be then on the other hand turning around and killing it off. So we spoke before about things like chlorine is a really important thing. Understanding that that is there to restrict the number of bacteria in the water, so it's going to do the same thing in your gut. Um, obviously antibiotics. You know, if you can minimise the amount of those you're using, that's going to be really beneficial. Um, you know, even things like alcohol. You know, you've got to be conscious of the things that are actually going to kill the the healthy bacteria in your gut uh, or ruin the balance of healthy bacteria in the gut which is why we mentioned the sugar and the carbs and stuff before because whilst they don't necessarily kill the bacteria they can really throw out the balance of the sort of good and bad bad bacteria which I don't like that term but anyway (laughs) and then it's also really important to focus on digestion as well so we've talked before about the fight or flight response and that you can't digest when you're in the Fight, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Well, both, of, both yeah. of those, right? Yeah, there's yeah. fight and flight and rest and repair, and you can't rest and repair if you're in fight yeah. and flight. Yeah. So making sure that when you are eating, you're not on the go, you're not running around, you're not stressed out. Like, take some time to actually sit down and enjoy your meal and eat calmly and be in that rest so not and eating repair. while driving? No. <laughs> oh, yeah. But quite frankly, not a lot of paleo foods you can eat while driving. It's very cool. Yeah, I mean nuts, I guess. But So that's one really important way. And then eating foods that are, if you are in like kind of the extreme leaky gut phase, eating foods that are fairly easy to digest as well. Like red meat can be more difficult to digest than like fish or chicken, for example. So 
just supporting your gut in that way. And one thing that my naturopath told me was to have some lemon juice before that I, before I eat to just increase that food, that stomach acid, and to help aid that digestion along. Yeah, lemon juice and um, apple, apple cider, cider vinegar, vinegar is another really good one. I know that that kills uh, uh, candida growth so that's a really good one um i really i love your point about being slow with your eating sitting down taking the time and as a conscious carnivore i really like to do that because for me to take the life of an animal to eat it and to fuel my body and my brain it's not just a quip it's not a quick you know oh yeah that's easy don't think about the animal when i sit down to eat meat i actually i take a moment personally and it's gonna you know i'm a hippie woo woo weedo but i take a moment to thank uh that animal for giving its life for me so you know it's that to me it's that honoring and it's i think it's that sort of allowing that integration with your body and 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 the food that you're eating and and i don't know it's such a it's like a meditative meditative thing I, yeah i don't yeah. know where i'm going well, with that i think just... i think it's probably for me i gotta admit i'm pretty bad at this like this is probably my next step in terms of things yeah. to work on i think i have to do a challenge on this at some stage for the next few months of like chew a hundred times or one yeah. of those sort of mm. things I think because it's definitely one that I've been aware of for a while and it's probably my next step is, is slowing down in terms of eating I think uh, I don't know I must have a bit of a uh, you know throwback to the caveman days I think the famine's coming and I just <laughs> to get in as much as I can or something but um, I think Steph you talked about the, the stress um, while you're eating and, and slowing down but I think just generally like these stressing strategies are going to be really important for you in terms of allowing your gut to heal so you know, just simple things like making sure you're getting enough sleep is, yeah. is such an important part okay. of giving your body a chance to heal and repair. You know, taking some time out for yourself to do whatever it is that makes you feel relaxed. You know, just working out your time better, you know, managing your time better. I think all of those things you can do to allow your body to be less stressed is going to really help in this process as well. And you kind of skipped over chewing, but chewing is like majorly yeah, sure. important yeah, yeah. if you're <laughs> digesting your food. I mean, a lot of people don't chew hardly at all. They chew it just enough so they can get it down yeah, their throats. Right, but right. <laughs> having the time to actually chew, and now there are challenges out there, chew each bite a hundred times. That's extreme, <laughs> but seriously, try that and try not to relax while doing that. So <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? When you're eating paleo and you're eating good quality food it's nice to kind of you know yeah, enjoy yeah. the flavors a little bit longer before it just crushes down and it often takes longer to chew anyway actually because it's not true. like it's like a processed, processed pulp that pre- just rots straight down you know you've Absolutely actually got real right. food that you actually have to bite into and chew you know it's not like a shake you just slam down That's if right. you've had beef jerky you know your jaw gets yeah and you know another thing that's quite important is um inflammation right so when we're talking about things getting into our bloodstream that shouldn't be there in your body mounts an immune response a lot of that is inflammation so you want to be looking at things that also decrease your body's natural level of what am i trying to say that background level of the threshold of inflammation so go back and listen to our episode on inflammation um listen to our episode on fats and oils because that's a really crucial one as far as inflammation goes but i think we're pretty much out of time aren't we yeah and i just wanted to say too it can also be aided by for example, zinc, which can help repair and strengthen your intestinal lining. So there are lots of things, lots of reasons to go see a naturopath and, and kind of get this stuff sorted out. And I just wanted to mention as well, the paleo community in it, well, the paleo community, but many other nutritional communities as well, just have so many stories about these kinds of things. So if you go on to anyone's blog, really, Mm -hmm. and just search leaky gut, 
you'll get tons of different stories and and ways that people have you know kind of found out that they have this problem and how they've repaired it and lots of support and lots of encouragement and lots of suggestions as well so I encourage you to check that out and I also encourage you to share your stuff on our Facebook page as well because we just have a massive community there now it's getting bigger every day Mm -hmm. and everyone on there is so friendly and willing to share their experiences so until next week check us out on Facebook share your story and help to grow the paleo tribe worldwide this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives hi dr brett hill from the wellness guys here Imagine having six internationally renowned health and well-being specialists all to yourself for three whole days. Imagine a beautiful tropical location away from the rat race where you can fully immerse yourself in creating a new you. Imagine personalized one-on-one attention to help you break through to the next level. Join the three Up for a Chat girls, Kim Morrison, Cindy Amira and Karen Smith and the three wellness guys, Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Christoph, and myself for the BFO Wellness Retreat at the luxurious Western Resort and Spa in Fiji and make your health a priority. For more information, go to thewellnesscouch.com and click on shop. We can't wait to see you there. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.